What's happening, you beautiful, wonderful, delicious people out there? We are glad you're here with us. My name is Penelope Cruz. What's your name? (laughs) Call me Tom. Tom, nice to meet you, sir. We are glad that you are here for the First Step Theology podcast, where we discuss our glorious God so that we might all love and enjoy him in a greater way. Today, we're taking a little bit of a different tact. It's our season finale, Joel. I mean, <laughs> is it? Why Penelope? Because it's the season know. finale? Yeah, sure. Yeah, cool. This is what happens to you when you have not much sleep for quite a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You've lost your mind. Have a son. Don't sleep. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, so season finale, yes, we just decided right. that this is a season that we've done. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Episode 20. Yeah. Congratulations, sir. I shake your hand. Thank you. Glad to uh, <laughs> glad to have made it this hands. far. I sanitized my hand. Yeah, totally same, um, but that also means that we're going to take a quick break. Yes, after this, so we're going to have two weeks off, and uh, then we'll be back with season yeah. two. Which season there'll be no other way of knowing it's season two other than we're just back. So we're just it's, back. It's just how we've it is. got some. Oh, we've got some exciting things oh, coming up for yeah. season two. Yeah, let's tease something we haven't planned for. Go. Uh, we're going to read the Bible. Boom. Yeah, good. I don't know what... Uh, we've got to, there's going to be a giveaway season two. It's going to be a really good giveaway yeah, season huge, two. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Huge. The biggest giveaway ever. Yeah. Bring your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Your dogs and your cats. Dogs It'll be great. You can win yourself an iPod. Yeah, totally. Actually, speaking of giveaways, at the end of this episode, we are announcing uh, the winner. We're actually going to draw it live on... It's not live. It's the podcast <laughs> format. We could, yeah. we could live on, on the later. podcast. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, but we're gonna draw it on the podcast. Good. Did you put my name, by the way, in the hat a nope. hundred times? <laughs> yeah, we could have fudged it. But you so could have, because I won that devotional. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, we'll do that. Do you know what? Fourteen-year-old me would have never lived with the fact if I just said, "Oh, I want that devotional so bad." <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> like, who is this guy? Yeah. Oh man, that devotional yeah. looks so good. Actually, imagine if I told fourteen-year-old you yeah. <laughs> that you, uh, you know, had an enormous beard mm. and the worst dress sense ever, <laughs> and loved books. Like there was like your favorite thing was books. Do you know what? Fourteen and fifteen-year-old me mm. was um, a little punk rocker. Oh really? Yeah. There so I legitimately would have been like, yeah, that guy's cool, man. That's cool. cool. <laughs> and as well as I, I so thought I was going to be a pastor. Okay, sure. So, so you were. I would have high fived yeah. you and be like, "Damn straight." Okay, sure. The Lord told me. Yep. Uh, so whatever. Anyway, what happens if I would have gone to fourteen-year-old you and told them what? Told them exact. What well. you're going to grow into the most awesomest person ever. <laughs> <laughs> such a stretch. It's such a stretch. I couldn't Can even say it with a serious fact, voice. Yeah. Can we not the fact that most of the time on this podcast it's mm. you roasting me? Well, you it's the gates are open, mate. Come back with I'm whatever you like. I'm just too nice. That's the problem. You I'm just too nice. much of a nice guy. I need yeah. Do you know what season 2? Oh, bringing the hammer. I'm coming with some Luke's going to spend the next course. two weeks just writing out riles. <laughs> you know, another thing, your hair's blonde. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah. yeah, your beard looks like it's a girl's beard. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no spot. need to get um, personal. Hey, Joel. Yeah. Funny story. Okay. I was preaching on Sunday. Mm. Have you noticed this? Mm. Uh Universally, there is always at least in at one point while you're preaching someone yep. who's nodding off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I take quite great great joy in our church in naming and shaming some of them of while course. going on. Uh, Chatty loves to. Uh, <laughs> we're we're doing it here, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I know we can because Chatty's a good bloke. Yeah. but he's learned 
he he eats snacks during mm. the service because yeah. I was in nods off, which yeah. is great. We should, we also have a pretty like skinny room with heaters on both sides. Yeah, so and the heaters are on, and that's what I think was a mistake on Sunday because it's yeah. like cold in the morning. But then mm. the sun came out and it was actually quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there was a few just nodding off during the service, <laughs> and you just sometimes you think, is it just? Is this my preaching? Yeah, is this on me? <laughs> is this on me? <laughs> but what I yeah. love about it is most mm. of the time those, you know, we have some, they're generally older gentlemen, let's yep. be real. But most of the time after the service, they'll come up to you like, great preach, thanks for that word today. Mm. You're like, I don't think you caught it. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you caught it in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it was wide open. I ate my words. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that reminds me, I remember being on youth camp as a kid yeah. and like multiple years and conferences and all that sort of stuff yeah. and being... Hold on, were you one of those kids that were like that your parents would go to youth conferences and you would end up like, not youth, like church conferences and you were the kid who was like sleeping on the floor? <laughs> no. My wife was that. She'd go really? to sleep underneath the communion table. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. About eating the body in the blood. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, wait. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I remember, but I remember like um, being so tired from whatever <laughs> That during messages or even just like small groups and stuff, I would pretend that I was praying actually just to try and get a little nap in. Would like, you ever nod off? Did you? Oh, oh maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember. But that yeah, it was just best. like try sneak in a little nap by looking holier than they are. That, what, would, what would be your position? Because <laughs> you like, give it away when your head falls back and your yeah. mouth opens. No, no, no. It was leaning forward with like... Um, your head in your hands. <laughs> or your hands in the frame in position. Prayer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really or just down on your knees as if yeah. you're like... You've got to do that knees. Before the Lord. You can't do it sitting up. Like you can't... No, no, no. You no. have to either... Yeah, you've got to get the lean Yeah, forward. you're open to drool if <laughs> you you're sitting up. You are open to yeah. drool. And mouthing opened. Actually, oh. speaking of things that are yes, embarrassingly God. done in our time before the Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah. I heard okay. a story about you the other day... Um, Yes. Personifying King David dancing before the Lord. <laughs> Can I just say I told you this in confidence? <laughs> yeah, when I said I heard a story the other day. Yeah, Remember that story you told me in <laughs> yeah. confidence? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm bringing it up on a public podcast. That's all right. I'm not afraid of this. So I remember reading uh, in Second Samuel, I believe it is, where King David <laughs> is returning the ark to Jerusalem after it you know, being all over the place. Yep. Anyway, he's so excited and so full of joy that he strips to his undergarments and dances before the Lord. <laughs> right. There so you go. I was doing my devotions as a good, solid Christian young man would do. Yeah. And <laughs> I decided to strip down to the nude. <laughs> come, come on, one step further. David went this far. <laughs> I'm going all, I'm the, going way. all the way. I yep. closed my blinds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you're in, you're in private? I was, I was yeah, in my good, bedroom. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't at church on a Sunday. <laughs> just on the stage. Just. Anyway. No, no. It's in my bedroom. Yeah. Uh, I was about 14 or 15 years old. Yeah. I'd read it and I was like, you know what? I love, I love the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and so I danced before the Lord nude. Good. The, the funny thing is my pet like my mum comes and knocks on the door <laughs> like to I don't know yeah. something and I was just like hold on wait a minute wait a minute just getting my clothes on <laughs> what did you do like what excuse do you use in that scenario I, I look I was like I think I just have to be honest so yep. I just said to my mum I was like oh sorry mum I was just dancing before the Lord <laughs> <laughs> she kind of just looked at me I was like yeah. okay uh, right. <laughs> yeah sure yeah that's what we're using as a cover these days <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> 
Like, what do you expect a 14-year-old kid? <laughs> yeah. That's great. Uh, legitimately. I think I'd have, I'll have to ask her about it. Yeah, I don't so even if know. if she remembers. She, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Is Give me the great. report. I will. Great. Yeah. Hey, update. Has yeah. your wife started uh, what, listening to this <laughs> Actually, podcast yes. yet? So after Charlotte listened last week, yes. I told her about it. And she said, oh, I probably should give it a oh, shot. Guilty. She, um, she got seven minutes into one and then was like, ah, bored. <laughs> She was just, so just honest about it. She was like, ah, I just got bored. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, she said reasonably. She said, I spend so much time with you two. I felt like I'd heard it all before. Sure, whatever, Tessa. Yeah, We're so. deeply cut. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. I love that. Ah, bored. <laughs> oh, mm, man. That's good stuff. All so right. what a bombshell. What a bombshell. Yeah. What a bombshell to start our 20th episode on. Yeah. Wow. I'm bored. That'll yeah. be the title. <laughs> I'm bored. Yeah. yeah. Now, so what we are doing today is we're going to answer a couple of Q&As. Yeah. A couple of questions. We only picked a few because we know that we are a bit too long-winded anyway. So, what? Uh, we'll get through a few of them and then uh, then we'll announce this uh, this winner, hey? Yeah. Brilliant. So, first question is from Kim. Hi, Kim. Hi, hi, hi Luke. <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, Kim said, are we all going to have eternal life? Mm. I mean, if you're going to hell, won't you be there for eternity or will you die there? Mm. Good, Deep. good question. Heavy. What, what say you, Luke? <clears throat> well, uh, I would say I understand your confusion because – the Bible does talk about um, the sinners in, and destruction, mm. but um, it talks uh, probably more frequently about what that destruction is. And so um, I would say that the Bible is very clear mm. that there is um, eternal suffering in hell. Yeah. So simple answer is yes. Is that what you're looking for? The simple answer is yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, that all people have eternal life from birth forwards. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Whether we spend eternal eternity with God, or apart from God in hell, is a different story. Ultimately, that's right. So there's probably some distinctions we need to make in here, right? Is that like uh, when? God warned in Genesis 2 when God warned Adam and Eve, mm. um, or is it Genesis 3? In Genesis, um, when he warns Adam and Eve about um, if they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he says, you will surely die. Like yep. it, it, There will be um, death. Um, but if you notice, they don't die. Mm. So what are they talking about there? Well, it's talking about spiritual death, which is separation from the spiritual life of, um, force. Yeah, the life giver. Yeah, God himself. So yeah. when there's separation from us, there is uh, separation from God. Um, when there's separation from us and God, um, then we spiritually die. And then that totally. manifests itself in physical death. Yeah. Um, and so uh, when life is talked about in that essence, it's talking about separation from true life, which is which is God himself. Yeah. So the same thing is then done on an internal sense um, when we are um, sent to hell. Yeah. So can I give you a few Bible verses? To, all right, Jesus talks about this. So if you want to look at this for yourself, uh, in Matthew 25, 
um, from 31 down to 46. I'm just going to read verse 46, but it's worth reading uh, verse 31 to 46. It gives mm. some context. It's just talking, he's just talking about final judgment. Jesus yeah. is talking about the fact that everyone is going to stand before him and he will judge them. And at the end, he says, um, uh, let me verse from 35. He says, and then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment mm. and the righteous into eternal life. For sure. Yeah. And so when verses like John 3.16 yep. say, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so mm-hmm. that those who believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. Yeah. He is using eternal life in the sense of being um, united. Reconciliation. Yeah. Yeah. Eternally with the life giver. And so the perish there is the antithesis of that. Yes. The opposite of being ununited, separated. Yeah. Yeah. And of course we see the um, that outworking in our life today surrounding us, which Romans talks about. So I think um, R.C. Sproul um, puts it in this way that um, we have... Um, by the way, he's got a great commentary on Romans. He does. If you ever want a, an easy-to-read commentary that's quite comprehensive. Mm, I've got it. Thank you. Have you? Yeah. Well, this is for our listeners. Oh, sure. Have there a, you go. Have a suss of that. Do you know where they can go to get it? I have an idea. Yeah, they can go to the Reformers Bookshop. Reformers.com.au. Use the first step uh, discount code to get 15% off. That's right. F and S are capitals in that first step. Yeah, one it's word. one word. Boom. Such a good bookshop. Carry I was on. looking on there the other day. Anyway, carry on. Um, <laughs> How much money do you have left? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Nothing. <laughs> but it's 15% off. <laughs> yeah. um, um, oh, yeah. So he talks about the fact that then there is a separation. Oh, there's a there's a white throne judgment. And mm. um, this is what Sprawl is saying in his commentary of sure. Romans for yep. those who are playing along. Yep. Um, and that is where we all stand for God. And that's what Jesus is referring to there. Mm. But then mm. there is the separation um, where God takes his hand off of your life here on earth, which is that he allows you to live out your desires. Mm. And that hardens your heart. Yeah. And um, and that's where we see that progression of sin that is talked about in um, later on in, yeah. in Romans 1. Wow. It's the perishing. It's the perishing. Yeah. You're becoming death. Yeah. As when you're in Christ, you're becoming life. That's sanctification. Ooh. <laughs> Boom. So good, great. Uh, hey, if you, I won't read them, but if you want to look into some more texts that talk about uh, eternal death and eternal life, um, Revelations twenty verses ten and fourteen verse eleven, and then Daniel in his prophetic stuff talks about it in Daniel twelve verses two. Boom! There you go. Now, can I just ask you a question around all that? Then, mm. um, why, why, why suffer eternal? Well, as because of the nature of our sin. Ultimately, yeah, we speak about this quite a lot, but we speak, we think um, so lowly of our sin yeah. generally because we equate our sin based on the action or quantify our sin based on the action rather than who that sin is against. Yeah, so our sin needs to be quantified based on a on the eternal, infinite God whom we have rebelled against. Yeah, and um, and because of that. We deserve eternal, immediate punishment, and it's only by his mercy yep. that we don't receive that and that he allows us to keep on kicking and living and breathing yep. um, so that we might return to him. 
That's right. So sin is an eternal thing. So that's why there's eternal punishment for it. It's not like it burns off in the flame, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like, all right, your time's up, up you come, you know, you're like, oh, thanks. You yeah. Because like, God's eternal. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And our rebellion, if we left to our own devices, would mm. also be eternal. Put it this way. Everyone who goes to hell uh, on that day, mm. will none of them will say, oh, I didn't deserve this. All of yeah. them. We stand before a holy God and go, oh, yeah, I deserve this. Oh, yeah. This is just. There you go. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Kim. Guess what? Who the next question's from? Kimmy. Kim. Kim says this. Kim's just on fire today. Just, I, I love Kim. Carry on. Carry on. Is it a sin to worry or get frustrated or disappointed when someone doesn't receive the gospel when you communicate it to them? It's easy to get critical of yourself when you share the gospel and the person rejects it. Is that putting yourself in God's place thinking that you have any control over that at all? Good question. Great question. It is a, and it is a very good question when you're contemplating the sovereignty of God, right? Mm, totally. So I would say it's not sin. No. It's not sin to worry or get frustrated or disappointed. No. Um, I think that is, is normal for human beings to... Yeah. Especially once you found out such an incredible truth. Yeah, you want people to respond to it. And Absolutely. so it's a healthy concern to be disappointed and, and even frustrated when they don't That's right. Um Yeah, don't receive it how you would like them to. Speaking of truths that aren't grabbed hold of, Joel, um have you jumped on the old cold shower bandwagon yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> oh, that frustrates me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you done with that question? You just move on. <laughs> it just yeah. it just came to my mind. And then yeah. that's the same thing of like when you find out that something is really, really good. Now, but it's not like your example is not really, really good. When you that's find the out something we that have is here. <laughs> you can't equate this with the gospel of our Lord Christ. Are you finished? Or am I allowed to keep talking? <laughs> Fine. Fine. If you want to talk, go. <laughs> well, this might be the um, series season finale, finale yeah. altogether. What it is, ends in what a fight. Ended that? It ends in a fight over cold showers. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not equating it to the Bible, but I'm saying that when you find something that is. Uh, life-giving and exciting. Yeah, and still. It, just, <laughs> it's neither of those things. You really want people to jump on hold of. Think about Enyo or Tupperware. Or what? Like, what? You know when people jump on those things like, it's awesome, oh, you've sure, got to get yeah, involved yeah. in this. That's frustrating. But imagine... Essential oils. Essential oils, yeah. yes, cold showers. Yeah. So <laughs> you want to make sure... You're going to have a cold shower party, go around to local mums. <laughs> Hey, let me show you how it's done. Yeah, that's just so weird. <laughs> yeah, 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 put a platter. <laughs> so much. Monthly subscription. <laughs> oh, we got the giggles. <laughs> yeah, bring your Bible and you can dance before the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to make this cold shower better? Dancing before the Lord beforehand. <laughs> all righty. Oh, all right. Back into it. So yes, it is very natural to be frustrated. Yeah, and that's fine. Now but it's what you do with that. For sure, that's yeah. where sin comes into it. In the same yeah. way, it's it's okay to be angry. It's what you do with that anger that's For important because sure. God gives us emotions to prompt us to do something with it. Mm. So Joel. You share the gospel with someone, mm. they've rejected it, mm. you're frustrated, what do you do? Well, we take it to the Lord in prayer. If we believe in a sovereign God who saves sinners, 
then we take it to him and we ask that he would continue to use us, that he would continue to work in that person's life because someone might reject the gospel a thousand times and then respond in faith to Christ. So, yeah, that's right. So we can't equate their response on their response to you. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that you don't work on the way that you share mm. the gospel with someone. For you sure. want it to be polished. You want to remove everything of yourself out of it. You know, like, yeah. Um, and you want to be able to contextualize it to them. You mm. want to, all these things. That's all so important. Mm. But um, don't allow your preparation and all that's involved in that mm. to uh, rob you of the joy of sharing it. Totally. And to surpass your diligence in prayer. Big time. Like we spend so much time studying and no time asking God to use our words mm. to empower them and to, to make it effective. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Now, I think also what Kim is getting at here probably is um, what we are trying to control. Yeah. Rather than letting God use us in that. And so is there potential for sin in that we try and control people's responses and all that sort of stuff? Maybe. Yeah. And but, it, yeah. But if we come at it with an approach of, you know, Romans 1, that, you know, the gospel is the power of God for salvation. We recognize that it's the gospel that changes people's lives. It's the work of the Spirit that draws them and regenerates them to, to see the beauty of Christ. Mm. And if we come from that point of view and therefore seek to pray and ask that God would use us, then... I think a there is a healthy level of concern, yep. of frustration, and disappointment. Yeah, when absolutely. someone doesn't respond. Yeah, absolutely. You good? Yeah, I just nearly got the giggles again. But <laughs> I would say two really good books I'd recommend if you're trying to get your head around this mm. is Honest Evangelism by Rico Teese. Great. And Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God by the legendary but also late. Mm. J.I. Packer. Amazing. Even uh, it's a book called, just called Evangelism. Um, yeah. I'm not sure who it's by, but it's part of the Nine Mark series, and it's a ripper. Great. It's all about evangelism in the local church. Yep. All three of those are at Reformers. Absolutely. All right. Luke. Yes. Why is it important that we think through the songs that we sing on a Sunday? Yeah. The songs that we sing on a Sunday. On a Sunday. Yeah, really I think it is exceedingly important because mm. of the importance of the gathered church on a Sunday. Yes. Uh, I think uh, our culture can be really uh, way too casual. Mm. Yeah, totally. And so that bleeds into how we do church. That's right. Yeah. Mm. And so therefore um, we can, um, yeah, then all, uh, what's the word? We can also make casual what God expects of us mm. as the church. For so sure. we, we opened this whole um, series. series. Season. Season. Yeah. <laughs> on, um, on the fact that we do treat God too casually. Mm. We talked about the, the, um, the strange fire. Yeah, And true. they were burnt up. Mm. Um, this is um, Aaron's two sons. Mm. They, they, they worshipped God in a wrong way. So God has established as the way that he wants to be re- worshipped. For sure. Yeah. Um, and so, therefore, we should take heed of these things mm. and um, and worship rightly. For sure. Them. Yeah, totally. God sets the terms of our worship. Yeah. Which ultimately comes back to his character, right? Because, and yeah. just as that um, story points out, is God is holy mm-hmm. and we cannot approach him. Yeah. Like, that's the baseline. God is holy. We're not. We cannot approach him. Yeah. Done deal. Done deal. Until God makes a way that we can. 
That's right. And so why would we then go, oh, but I'm going to approach you in this way? Yeah, that's right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get to set those terms. No. That's logical in mm. the way that a relationship works. You think about the most special relationship you have in your life, whether mm. it's if you know if it's just your mum and dad at this point in time, or your husband, or your wife, or whatever it is, yep. or your kids. Mm. You don't get to set the terms of the way you approach them and show them love. No, it is actually if you truly love someone, yeah, you you go on their on their terms, yeah. And because God is the sovereign God of the universe, mm. He has established it. And and Scripture actually has a fair bit to say on that. Definitely, yeah. So on on relational terms, we. Approach the Father yep. through the Son by the Holy Spirit yeah. who's within us. Now, on a practical point of view, in terms of we're talking about songs on a Sunday, so our worship gatherings, yep. that that affects how we what we sing, the yep. words that we that we sing. It it affects how we preach and um, the prayers that we pray and, and all that sort of stuff. I That's suppose. right. So we're not just talking about worship here. We're actually no. talking about. Uh, we will narrow it back so we answer the question. But yeah, yeah. it is actually a holistic thing. Yeah, mm. all that you do before the Lord. Romans twelve talks about mm. a, a life that is sacrificial. For sure, is worship totally? Yeah. So it is. It has to start with recognizing who God is. Yep. He's holy. He's just. He's righteous. He's good. He's a loving Father. Yep. So we start there. Yeah. But then, um, and then that, yeah, that's the lens by which we make decisions about all those other things. That's right. So we now then go to a God mm. um, <clears throat> gathered around what Christ has done for us. Yes. So because you could very much then go, okay, cool, well, then I can access and do this and this, but um, our, our approach should be one that is centered around what the gospel mm. means for you and I. Yeah. And then we respond accordingly to that. So that's why our worship should be centered around what God has done for us and how holy his name is. And mm. um, Yeah. Absolutely. Because the gathered saints, the reason why we gather together is because we've been gathered as a church by Christ yep. through his Holy Spirit. Yep. So we've been gathered together. Mm. And then as we gather together, what do we gather around? It's not a, a style of music. It's not our culture. It's not our race. Mm. It's around Christ. Yeah. And him crucified and resurrected and the life-giving power that we have now been given. Amen. And so that's what we center around. Totally. And so when um, our, I mean, we have, we have a few concerns around this, don't we? Yeah. I suppose it may, maybe it's worth, firstly, let's narrow in on, on worship songs, worship music. We touched on this a couple of weeks ago, but like we think it's so important that because of everything we've just mentioned, that our worship be true. Yep. And on God's terms. Yeah. So we worship to exalt Christ, not ourselves. That's like a simple one. Yeah. So so the songs that we sing need to be exalting God and his glory and his goodness rather than man. Yeah, that's right. Because that's ultimately idolatry. Mm, right? That's right. And, and, and worship songs can be um, educational in a sense. Like it can talk about the promises of what God mm. has done for us. But it comes down to, um, I've heard... I think it's Ligon Duncan talk about what is the what is the verb in that sentence? Like what is the action of that sentence? If yeah. it's I will, I will, I will. Yeah. That that that's law. Totally. It's like even I, if I'm it's I will worship you. Yeah. Yeah. It it comes down to this this law. But if it is I will worship you because of who you are, just as Psalms talks about mm. these things, it, it, it takes the uh the 
I don't know, the, the law that you must, oh, I've got to do these things. I've got mm. to do this. No, no, like you think about yourself enough as is. For sure. Yeah. One of the things we often talk about also is how um, the lyrics we sing are developing our biblical literacy and our biblical understanding of God. Because uh, we use this on a past podcast, but no one leaves the service humming the sermon. And so that is to say that people leave the service humming That's the right. songs. And so if our songs and our sermons don't speak of the same truths, then there's going to be a disconnect. That's right. People are going to be thrown all left, right and centre on, on good theology because there's no alignment in that. Yeah. And so like a really simple example of this is, firstly, it needs to be true. What we're singing needs to be true about God. Yep. Not what we think is true, but what the Bible says is true. So that's like the clear example. But the, I suppose the next step further than that is, um, is, is how did, is this worship actually leading people to Scripture or from Scripture to God? Mm. And so... Um, Can I share a concern that I have? Uh, Are you going somewhere? I'm going to give there? an example. Okay, yeah, go. yeah. So a simple example, right, is when a song, because of like creative people writing really great, beautiful songs, but they'll use things as metaphors that the Bible uses as a metaphor for something else. <laughs> yeah. Like a perfect one is like oceans or seas. Yeah. The Bible will use oceans or seas to talk about chaos mm. and, and, and fear. So it's something that, you know, arose dread. Yeah. That's why in the new heavens and the new earth, it doesn't mention any seas or oceans. It says there will be no oceans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because that is a picture of chaos, right? Yeah. But um, and, and then we sing songs that use you know seas or oceans as a positive thing or to describe mm. God. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah. Hang on a second. Let's make sure we're right in it. Yeah. Now, I understand because some of you might go, oh, you're just being picky, Joel. Yeah, I am. Yeah. But for a reason. That's right. Because, so is God. Yeah, because I want people to develop a biblical literacy and understanding before they say some nice metaphor about God. Because ultimately, if you're saying that your your focus is the creative experiential element of it, mm. what you do is you basically boil down mm. worship uh, into an experience. Yep. Rather than a whole holistic life thing. And so that's why we have many a Christians, mm. you know, that that was in italics yep. or whatever the, the thing is, yep. um, who would say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, and then are experienced out of their Christianity. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, it's not living up to my standard anymore. That's right. I don't Find feel the same way. Now, yep. there, is, there is emotions. There are all that stuff. God, Beautiful. we worship with our whole body. Totally. But if that's all it is, and we're not giving them good biblical understanding mm. through the songs we sing as well, yeah, really, really super dangerous for sure. Yeah. Now, were you going somewhere before? I was just going to say another concern that I have around this mm. is when we put such a heavy weight mm. on the worship team to usher in the presence of God. Yeah. You know? Whether we actually mean that or not, it, it still seems to be a burden placed on something that was never meant to be placed on the worship. Music or the worship team or the songs we sing. That's right. Never. Yeah. The only promise of God's presence being among his people is one, the gathered church, yep. his presence is already there. Yep. Uh, two, it's, a, it's through his word because yep. it's his word. Yep. And then through the sacraments. Yeah. The holy sacraments that he has given to us. Yep. Which is baptism and communion. For sure. Yeah. That, uh, um, I think it's Mark Dever says they are the sure thing. Of mm. God's presence. That's right. And so there's really a concern that we have around, I suppose, 
placing too much emphasis on worship music. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And if we and if we do so, I, I just think it's a it's an unbearable way and putting people into mm. roles that they're not designed for. For sure. And um and also so that, you know, feeds into insecurities, mm. pride. I just think it's yeah, it's not great. It's too much. Yeah. Mm. We could keep going, but we probably should probably shouldn't. Maybe we'll cap it off with this. When we gather, we want to be gathered around Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Done. What he's done for us. Good. Brilliant. All right. Let's, uh, maybe we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back to it. Mm. Today's podcast is brought to you by Chicken Palmies. Luke, do you like a chicken palmy? I love one. Yeah. I often, uh, when I go to the pub, I just, or out for dinner even, I'll um, look at a menu. But not read anything because I know what I'm going to get. Like, it's just always to be polite. Like this yeah. is what adults do. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting a chicken palmy no matter what. Yeah. Um, did I tell you about the time I went to the? I won't say the pub. There was a a nice hotel in the city. Yep. And um, on their menu it said chicken schnitzel. Yep. Actually, it was chicken palmy. Yep. And I was like, awesome. I'm I'm down. I'm here. And then I read in the, you know, the fine print that says what it is. It said quinoa crusted chicken breast. That, nah, but that's, that's not that's, that's not, not a schnitzel. That's not a schnitzel. Like, I'm all for people like eating healthy and doing, do your quinoa, like yeah, whatever. Whatever. But don't, don't call it a dare. schnitzel. How dare you? <laughs> that's a chicken salad. That like, that's, a chicken not salad. A, that's not a schnitzel. Um, so people out there, get your schnitzel straight. Brought to you by Chicken Palmies. All right, Luke, what do I do if someone is calling themselves a prophet today? Oh, as in the great prophet. If they yeah, know the great. The, the great prophet. The prophet of XYZ. The prophet of gospel life. Yeah. Joel I'm, Loman. I'm prophet Joel Loman of gospel life. Yeah. Well. How uh, do we navigate that? Yeah. Well, I think the first question to, um, can I just say in our notes, we just said punch them in the throat. <laughs> I'd like to make clear. Luke said. <laughs> yeah, just a good old. <laughs> yeah, just a softy. Yeah. yeah. No, that's anyway, uh, what, Joel, what is a prophet? Can we just go there first? Yeah, let's go there. What so does the scripture say? So in the Bible, prophets are those who spoke with the authority of God's word. Yes. Yeah. Thus saith the Lord. So a, a prophet, we're talking the office of prophet here, yep. capital B prophet, which would be to say, you know, I am Joel, the prophet of gospel life. That would be the office of prophet. Yep. Is is one who speaks with the authority of God's word. Yep. And so therefore we're talking about people like Elijah and Isaiah yeah. and Ezekiel. Yes. Like yep. that's what we're talking about when we're talking about the office of a prophet. For sure. Yeah. And so um, the canon is closed. Mm. God's has spoken. Mm-hmm. By the canon, we mean the 66 books of the Old and New Testament. That's right. His inerrant word. Yeah. And so the office, in fact, we can extend this to the offices of mm. both apostle yep. and prophet have ceased because both the apostles and the prophets had the authority to speak the words of God. The apostles, the additional criteria for being apostle or one of the, the 12 apostles was that they saw the risen Christ, the yep. resurrected Jesus. Yep. And they had the authority to speak the words of scripture. Yeah. But the Bible is closed. <laughs> it's yep. done. There's there is no a more. full stop at the end of Revelation. Yeah. And so we have to say that uh, those offices have ceased. Mm-hmm. 
Now, furthermore, in, in Ephesians, this is often where it's brought from, Ephesians 4, when um, Paul talks about the gifts given to the church. That's right. And he talks about the five offices, maybe four and a half, maybe mm-hmm. four, um, of apostle, of prophet, of evangelist, of, of shepherd, yep, and shepherd teacher, teacher. Yep. or shepherd teacher. They, they seem to go hand in hand. Um, when Paul talks about the apostle and the prophet, he talks about it the chapter just before, and he talks about them as being the ones who laid the foundation of the church. Yeah, laid foundation done. Yep, ceased, finished. That's um, Ephesians three twenty. Yep, and so um, so we can we can put a full stop on that. Yeah, and so when it comes to so if I was to say uh, you know I am the prophet of of gospel life. The, the issue there is what I am really saying is I have the authority yep. to speak the words of God. Yeah, that's right. Which are inerrant yep. and cannot be wrong. And that is something that I am unable to claim for myself. That's right. And anyone here today is able to claim for themselves except for Christ. Yeah. So hence why, <laughs> hence our response. Your response. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's not to say that uh, if someone is saying that about themselves, yeah. Obviously, be very careful mm, and it, yeah. analyze their fruit. Yeah, and, and it may be an issue just of what they mean by the word. That's right. Which, you know, even in that, I would say, well, let's go to the Bible and show you how that's probably biblically a little bit left to center. Yes. But maybe they simply mean they have the gift of prophecy. That's right. And and I think that's okay. Mm. Gift of prophecy and a, a gift of apostleship is, is still today with a Good biblical understanding of those. That's right, of what those two words actually mean. Yeah, but we cannot claim, no one can claim today that they have the office of, the God-given office of apostle or prophet today. Yeah. That has ceased. Eight. Deal. Last one. Done. You ready? Yes. What does it mean to be gospel-centered? Someone's asked, this is something that we talk about all the time at church, and they've said, we know you've talked about this a lot at Gospel Loft. What does it mean to be gospel-centered? Why is this important? Yes. Well, first thing I would say is that we did a really, um, a quite a helpful series on this. So I'd point it towards our... If we don't say so ourselves. <laughs> um, uh, where we covered a lot of this. Yeah. Um, and uh, that series... Mm is I cannot recall what the name of that series is. But anyway, it doesn't matter. You'll be able to find it because it... Family on Mission, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Family on Mission. And and so we talked about what it means to be gospel-centered. Mm. Um, but, uh, I, okay, so what does it mean to be gospel-centered? To be gospel-centered uh, means that we are a people who are centered around Christ, His Word, and His work. Yep. Everything that God is doing in the world. Yep. Yep. And it's really, really important because that's what the whole Bible is all about. Totally. Yep. Um, yep. God redeeming sinful people through his son. That's right. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Yep. For the, the apostles, glory of his name. The apostles um, constantly went to it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> just, just a <laughs> long pause. <laughs> just for effect. It was really good, bud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 1 Corinthians 15 says this. Now I remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and in which you stand and by which you are being saved. Boom. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So Paul in his writings is constantly calling people back mm. to the gospel. He's yep. Constantly just going back to the gospel, back to the gospel. Yep. Jesus, when he returns, he's on the road to a mass mm. in Luke 20, I want to say. 
uh, and he um, they are downcast and and frustrated, and um, it is Luke twenty four, and um, they um, they're like, oh, the, that Jesus, that that guy who was supposed to save us, he's now dead. Mm. Um, what are we supposed to make of this? And um, he. First, he, he tells them, says, you know, foolish, why, what are you doing, what are you doing? But then he mm. goes and he explains, um, beginning with Moses and then all the prophets, he in, interpreted to them in all the scriptures of the things concerning himself. Yeah. So the first reason as to why we are gospel-centered is because all scripture is gospel-centered. Yeah. From Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Jesus. Mm. It's all about this, this the Messiah who is to come yep. and, and what he's done. The second reason that we do it is because we need it. Yes. We desperately need it. The gospel isn't just for unsaved people. Yeah, and that, that grinds my gears. Yeah, the gospel is for all of us. That's right. For Christians like you and me. Yep. Yeah, we need to be reminded of the glory and the beauty of the gospel all the time. That's right. Because it's how we wage war, right, against the sin that is still present in our lives. Yep. Even What does Paul say? By which you are being saved. That's right. Act of sanctification. Yeah. We are justified through the gospel and we are being sanctified through the gospel as well. Okay, so let's just talk about why this is important for a second. Go. So it always comes back down to our identity. And this is something I'm actually Mm. really passionate about. I get the great honor of going and talking to um, many high schoolers and pre-high schoolers about this idea. Mm, You're a big deal, aren't you? (laughs) Because... (laughs) (laughs) You're a a blessing. Yeah. uh, I'm really passionate about this because mm. <laughs> we uh, the Bible is very clear in that human beings mm. are made in the image of God. Yes, they're like the flower of God's creation. You know, like they. Well, no, they're the humans of God's <laughs> creation. Flowers are the flower of God's creation. Uh, this is good. <laughs> Carry on. Um, they're yeah, <laughs> they are the humans of God's creation, and and so they're made in the image of God, which means they're created to outwork God's authority here on this earth. Yep. They are created to reflect who he is, yep. all this kind of thing, right? When we are separated from God, mm. um, it means that we instantly um, are, are dead to him and and our image-bearing ability is gone and, and, and mm. not gone completely, but as in we cannot reflect him um, as we were created to. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so um, the, the reason why the gospel is so important is because it, it takes us back to that position. Mm. And so we then can reflect God, know God, outwork the blessings of what this justification is yes. and be righteous um, because of that. And so right. we have to constantly remind ourselves of who God is. Yep. And we know who God is through Christ. Amen. And so as we look to him and we build our lives upon him, mm. reminding ourselves that though we are sinners, Christ saved us, all these incredible things, yep. we then reflect him. And that's where we bear the f- fruit of the Spirit. Beautiful. And we live the way that we're designed to. So good. So the reason why we are gospel-centered church mm. is because the Bible's all about it. Yep. And secondly, because we need it. Yes. And that is good news. Absolutely. Gospel-centered church is the church. Oh, let's go. Yeah, is that fighting words? Yeah, sure. Good. Yeah, but awesome. you're not going to fight back, so you're in agreement. You're I'm on my agreement. side. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think the church has to be centered on the gospel because that's the means by which we've been gathered. Yep. It's the means by which we... Um, are sanctified. Are sanctified. It's the means by which we evangelize our world. Yep. It's the power of God for salvation to all those who believe. Yeah. First the Jew, then the Gentile. 
That's right. Romans 1, 16. Yep. Go there. And if you want to be someone who is uh, evangelizes and takes this gospel out, you have to be fluent in it for yourself mm. and be able to share it with people. I feel a book recommendation coming <laughs> on. This one coming on. I feel it. <laughs> My bones. Uh, there's a really, really good book um, called Gospel Fluency by yeah. Jeff Van Der Stelt. Beautiful. Um, and um, he explains this whole idea of gospel centrality really mm. well, which has been really formative totally. for us and really helpful in understanding that if you if you want to be able to be someone who shares this glorious gospel with people, then get into a community mm. that is gospel-centered. Absolutely. Speaking of books, we need to wrap things up for today. We are so glad that you've joined us. We hope you've enjoyed this uh, first season. Yeah. And uh, if you've got questions, comments, thoughts, then please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear you, bef- hear from you. Yes. Um, but before we get going, we've got a, uh, a a draw to draw. Yes. We've got our giveaway to to draw. So thank you for everyone that joined in on that. And uh, I'm going to do this live, Luke, and then you get to read it out to everybody. How about that? And the winner is... It's, it's it's doing it's the random quite thing. a delay. It's doing randoming oh, it's online software. The winner, the winner is. Oh, guess who it is? It's Kim. Kim. Kim, you did it. Well done, Kim. Kim, we will get in touch with you. We love you. Yep. Yeah. Wow. We promise we didn't rig this that just because just we love you, Kim. But <laughs> if we were going to rig it, we would have rigged it we for you. Definitely so. would have. All righty. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>